This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Amen. Just so quickly, we're already on the third Sunday. Am I right? Today's the 19th. Yeah, we're already on the third Sunday of the month of Holy Ghost Power. And um, very proposed and settled in my heart that you will experience that power. As I'm sharing with you this afternoon, there might be quite a few pronouncements. My prayer is that you please key into them and take them as personally for yourself. And I'm confident in the Lord that you will be blessed and you will not remain the same in Jesus' name. Last week, we discussed um, about the workings of power, isn't it? And we mentioned that essentially there are two main blocks of power. Um, Power to stop from harm and power to prosper. You remember? And we mentioned that the power to prosper can cover virtually all areas of our lives. We prosper in our health. We prosper in our finances. Of course, above all, we prosper spiritually. But also we need to remember that this power as much as we think there is a power that works outside of us, the Bible tells me and makes me know that the power, more often than not, works from the inside. It's not a power that is far removed. For instance, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he said, and then you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, isn't it? In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, he said, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. So the power of God is a power that works on the inside. And so that tells me, in the mercy and the goodness of God, God does not just dispense his power from a far distance. God wants to put that power inside you. God wants that power to reside inside you. And with the power working inside you, you are able to do more than even if the power were to reside outside of you. In Matthew chapter 9 verse 8, the Bible says that Jesus Christ our Lord, he did mighty work. And people marvelously say, now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to So God gives power. So we will look at how we can receive the power of God. Is that okay? How we can receive the power is the sweetest of what you can ever have in this world. Because if you have that power, as we mentioned last week, powers of darkness, they can't harm you. If you have that power, you will prosper. And so, how do I get this power? So if you want to title the message, you can call it Relationship, iPhone, The prerequisite for power sharing. It's one of those long uh, titles. Relationship dash. Is that okay? I said, okay. Relationship dash. The prerequisite for power sharing. God wants to share his power. 
The question is that, do you want to receive the power? Oh, yeah. He's very, very, very willing. And there's something about the power of God. It makes a person walk tall. It makes a person walk confidently. It makes a person not fear any forces of darkness. Where people are afraid and paranoid and you say, don't touch, don't eat, don't move near. They just say, I have God in me. I have the power working. I've seen it work before. And just to let us know that this power is not just in the Old Testament that is worked. It's not just in the New Testament of the Bible that is worked. It has worked in our present time. Some of them are very superlative. Some of them are very ordinary, as we may say, but still the same power that is working. For instance, there used to be a man. He was an evangelist. He was, um, um, he, he was a South African, but he ministered mainly in America and some part of Europe. His name was called G. Lake. Some of you have heard about him before. This man, just a man like Elijah, as the Bible says, just a man like you and I, he carried so much of divine power. The, we, the record tells us that one time he was ministering unto people that had tuberculosis and some of the contagious diseases. And the man stood and told them, I said, that particular thing cannot infect him. And so they should put the bacteria on his skin and then see what happens. And lo and behold, they put it under the microscope, those particular bacteria that were to cause diseases, they died just by touching his skin. When the Bible says Elijah was a man like you, I don't know about you. One thing that I run my life with is that I look at people who failed. And I make up my mind, why they failed, I won't fail. I look at people who succeed. And I make up my mind, I say, you know what? How did they succeed? Uh, That's a very colloquial way they put it, you know, in my growing up years. They said they have not got two heads. And so if it can happen to him, it can happen to me. And so that is the kind of desire I wanted to have this morning. Let's stop looking at if some people are superstars or giants or special breed. We are all children of God and God is willing to lift you and I up if we will do the right thing. If we will desire it, if we know the possibilities. Don't contract your future out to somebody else. I repeat that one. Many people, they've contracted their future out to a pastor, to a general overseer. Don't come. It's your future. They can only encourage you to be who you should be. <laughs> Believe you me, they also have their own problems. They also have their needs. Oh, they are called to minister. They better do minister because God will judge them. But number one thing is that your future is in your own hand. And it is for you to rise up and say, I desire this power. I want this power. I want in my own house to be able to lay hands on the children. Paradventure, they have a little bit of a cold and they will recover. I want to be able to enter into an interview room and I say, I arrest every contrary spirit here and they get arrested. Oh, will you need people to join hands with you from time to time? Of course you will do. But more importantly, this power can reside in you. Do you want that power? Do you want it for yourself for the glory of God? God is ready to release it today. But we must desire it. But of all the ways that God can release this power, I believe it is by relationship. Amen? Because in life, nobody shares this power onto anybody. You must be careful whom you give your power to. You agree with me? Oh, yeah, you better be careful. Economic power. And some of you, you have been wasting your money where you should not waste your money because you've not been wise. People from all over the world are asking you for money. And you are giving it out. Don't share your power willingly. Use your senses, I'm sorry. Some people, they are sweet talkers. 
Some people, they are taking money from you. They are living better than you do. You some foreign lands. And I'm not, I'm, I don't have any qualms with that. Many years by somebody asked us for some money to do some things that we can't even smell ourselves. And it took some common sense to say, no, sir. Understand what I'm talking about? So I'm talking about power sharing. You can't share power without being conscious. How much more God, the all-wise God? He doesn't give his power away to anybody. And the reason is very sure. If you give your power away unnecessarily, that does not fully apply to God. They can use that power against you. God help you. And you know the stories all over the world. We've given the power to all these politicians. You know what they're doing with us. Giving power onto the executive, you know, of companies. You know what they're doing. So, but God, the perfect one, has desired and planned it that he does not just give his power to anybody. He makes sure there are some things that must be put in place before a person can receive that power. By relationship, some people, they qualify for God's power while others do not. And this power we're talking about is in degrees. It's in degrees. Um, and it's good to start from small. I will list out to you now various levels of powers in one form and another that you can aspire onto. Don't lose sight of what this power has. We mentioned last week, group number one of the power is power to stop harm. Happy to you. Group number two, power to, pr- to prosper. So, Keep that in sight as I'm talking about power, power, power. And all that power, the greatest wealth you can make is either winning soul is wise. Eventually, you will need to use that power to win souls for Jesus. Whether it's your physical money, whether it's your intellect, it's all about increasing and enlarging the kingdom of God. So, there are degrees of power. Now, let me ask you a simple question. If you can answer, you will. Is there anybody in the world that God has not given power to as we are sitting down? Maybe no. Maybe no. So I want you to get that straight first. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5, I hope I won't make it too complex for you. Matthew chapter 5, 48, it said clearly that God makes his son to shine upon the righteous and the unrighteous. You know that. And so if the unrighteous that does not know God will plant in the ground and we obey simple rules of planting and reaping, something will come out of the ground. You agree with me? But that's a level of power that God has given. We call that natural power. And natural power is available to everybody. But you cannot live in the level God wants you to live just with natural power. You will need the supernatural power. And that is the one we focus our attention upon. And that is the one that you need. Because the supernatural power will give you the natural resources and will give you the supernatural and the spiritual resources. Hallelujah. So, I will mention three main things that will help you or Therefore, you have it that will qualify you to have this power. Number one, there must be right relationship. Right relationship. A right relationship is also in three groups. Number one, the father-son relationship. The father-son relationship. Now, anyone that has a father-son relationship with God is qualified to receive degrees of power. Things that are peculiar to the powerful relationship is that it grows. The thing you give a five-year-old is not what you give a 15-year-old. What you give a 15-year-old is not what you give a 25-year-old. It increases. So, and the measure of that increase is the measure of the maturity of the person. So, the more mature you are, the more of the power you will get. Is that making sense to somebody? 
So I, we all cannot sit down where I was last year, where I was five years ago, and say, Lord, increase your power. In actual fact, I will tell you towards the end, I say, wrong prayer to pray, increase my power. I will tell you the right prayer to pray. So it's important that first of all, I must mature if I want to see increase in the power of God in my life. The Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, he said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I do what? I put childish things away. How many areas are you supposed to grow? In your word, three. In your words, in speech, yes. In our understanding and in our thoughts. And that I can spend the whole day. How do I speak? Do I speak in such a way that we attract God's power or repel God's power? Some people, they leak. Where they leak is in the mouth. I pray that will not be your portion. You know, some people, they can't hold any secret at all. Everything you tell them, which is not supposed to even be heard by any other person, they blabber it all around. And God will not release because they are still children. Children don't have control over their speech. They don't have control over their thoughts. They can just go anywhere in their mind. They don't know what thought is good, what thought is bad. These are the areas we need to grow if we expect God to increase the power that we have. Let me hear a good amen onto that one. Amen. So it all depends on how much you want to grow. It doesn't depend. So, and how much you want to grow depends on how much you want to mature. As you are maturing, God will be adding more power unto you. And as you are growing, God will be enlarging the area of your influence. There's something the Lord Jesus Christ experienced so much. That is that father-son relationship. And he had so much power. In actual fact, he bragged about it. He said, I know I came from the father. Because I came from the father, you know, I have life in me. He said, as the father, that's in John chapter 5. As the father has life in himself and can raise the dead, he has given the same power to the son that whoever I give the power to, he can raise them. Jesus bragged about it. He said, I know the father. I'm praying that we will pray that we know the father. That we just know God, that you can brag about. Say, look, I know. I know tomorrow will be fine. I just know. How do I know? Because I've been in touch with the Father. How do I know? Because I'm in contact with him. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus Christ says something very important, which I think will be of benefit unto all of us. We're talking about the right relationship, which is the first category of relationship that will make you receive God's power. Amen. Take notes of this teaching because I believe they will serve you a long time. You will need to refer unto them. They will be like your journey, you know, uh, like a roadmap for you. Jesus Christ, you've heard that said before, haven't you? Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than this, he will do. Did you get that? The works that I do, the person will do also. And even greater works than I've done, the person will do. You got that one. But Jesus says something. He said, that will happen because I go to my father. Do you understand that? Jesus said, when I was here on earth, I had a father's relationship with him. And I was able to do anything. Now, I have to leave so that you can occupy my position. And when you occupy my position, that same connection between father and son that made me to do it. In actual fact, some places he said, I must go so that he may come. 
So if, it, if I don't go, don't expect the Holy Spirit to come. Don't expect that power to come. If I go, then he can come. So he said, look, because I go to my father, you are here. You now become the sons here. The father is the father in heaven, and the power is poured into you. I don't know whether you wake up with that thought every day. That the same power that works in Jesus Christ is working in me. We've exchanged position. There are so many exchanges in the scripture. It's not just exchange of your sin for his righteousness. It's not just exchange of his holiness for, you know, for our sin. Many exchanges. Not exchange of his poverty for your riches. In fact, the Bible, Jesus Christ is the great exchange. Everything is about exchange. He became poor that you may be rich. He became sin that you may be righteous. He became weak that you may be strong. Because Isaiah 53 was beaten. He became a man that had to live here so that you can receive what he had here. Oh, what a sweet, sweet, sweet thought. That everything that Christ did, I can do. Hallelujah. And you will do it in Jesus' name. So, number one, right relationship is what? Father-son relationship. Number two, master-servant relationship. For the father-son relationship, we said... It's dependent upon what? Maturity. It's progressive. It's not a one-off. As you are growing in maturity, the power is increasing. As you are growing in humility, the power is increasing. As you are growing in the control of your tongue, in the control of your thoughts, the power is increasing. Even without you doing anything. That's the way it works. Now, for the second category, how does it work? The the master-server relationship. That works through what? Obedience. The more you obey God, the more of his power will be in you. Amen. And obedience must be prompt and precise. Some people, they they obey precisely, but they don't obey promptly. Some, they obey promptly, but by the time they, you know, by the time they say, oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, Lord. They tweak it, they tweak it there. The Lord asks you to give, you know, two sacks of potatoes to somebody. And that's all you have at home. And you just calculated in your head, Lord. Two sacks of potato I will give. But that two sacks, we need to reconstitute it. It will still be two, but it will not be 1.5 kg, 2 kg. It will be one. It's still two. That's not precise. And how many times we'll be very clever with God? God is saying that if we will experience his power, we must walk in obedience that is prompt and what? And precise. And there are standard routine obedience. Obedience like having your quiet time. Obedience like reading your scriptures. Obedience like praying. Those are standard. It is not, but there are ones that are specific for you. God will give you an instruction. Go to X, Y, Z and see what I will do there. And it is the cost of doing those things that the power just settles in. Because those are the things that are anti-power forces in our life. It's like as a force pushing power away. And if you remove all those things that should not be there, the power will settle in. And as the power settles in, we are not only blessing to ourselves, we are blessing unto others. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. It's a fairly long passage. I want us to read it. Just to see how the power works. Amen. Let this might be you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We're going to verse 11, please. Who being in the form of God, we are going to. Is that, is that, is, did I put it the right way? Right, okay. Is, which way can you put it to say jump to 11? That would be move to 11, isn't it? All right, we are going to, all right. 
I learn every time. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider his robbery to be equal with God? You follow that? I, I want answer from you now. Thank you. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a born servant. Remember again, exchange. He was God, became a servant. So that you no longer be just a slave or a servant unto all the elemental possible. You can be a God over them. Exchange. And coming in the likeness of men. Okay? And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the point of death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9. Therefore, somebody say, therefore. The previous verses, Jesus Christ humbled himself, became man, and the main word there was what? Obedient. And then that obedience was so precise and very extensive that even when he was asked to die, he died. Something that God do not do. He knew it was God. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Remind me, we will pray Joshua chapter 4 verse 14. I got it from there. And ahead of time, May the Lord exalt you. May the Lord lift you up. He gave him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth. Verse 11, finally. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. So there we have it implied. That if you have a master son, you are obedient unto God. He will exalt you. When you think you are losing, you are gaining. When God says, don't move, don't move, you don't know what is God built into it. And if you follow this instruction, you can be sure it will bear fruit for you. How many types of right relationship have we spoken about? Number one, what's the first one? Father, son. And two, for the father, son one, what is the main thing that you need to do to get it? For the master servant, what do you need to do? As you are obedient, the power will come in. Eh? Prompt and precise obedient. She must be qualified. Thank you for that. Number three relationship is what I call friend-friend relationship. And that's between you and God. This is a situation in which God starts dialoguing with you. And uh, there are quite a few people that enjoy that. Samson, sorry, Samuel enjoyed that. God, you know, wanted to finish the family of Eli, God just called him and said, look, and from that moment, the Bible said in First Samuel chapter 3, verse 19, that the word of Samuel never fell to the ground. Boy. God just discussed with him. I pray God will be discussing the state of nations with you and I. Amen. You know, we get caught on our words too much. And I'm speaking to the church of Jesus Christ. As many as have known as your Lord and Savior, it's about time we function at the level God wants us to function. We do too much of firefighting. Oh, another lobby group there. And where were we when they were starting? Why didn't church, where were you? Where were we when terrorists were gathering their, 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 you know, their forces together? Don't we have friend-friend relationship with the Father? Can't God tell somebody? It's a big indictment upon the whole church of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Unless God may tell us and say, well, I will still do it. They will still do it. But did anybody know? 
Maybe those that knew, they didn't tell us. Somebody a few weeks ago, it's going to be about the third time that I heard that now. And I believe that as, you know, I dictated that prayer first about four weeks ago. God showed somebody amongst us that, you know, there are some terrorists that's around here actually. And over the period of four weeks, about three other people came to me. And of course, I had to do some prompt obedience during this because I know God's saying that. And there are a few signs that have prompted unto that, that efforts have been made to actually, you know, destabilize the church by bombing or whatever. And God, God led us to do one or two things to make sure that that doesn't happen. Thank God we can stay here a little bit in our time. May we hear more. May God reveal things unto us. Friend, friend relations. Elijah was another man that was like that. Hallelujah. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, we can read that one. May this be your roadmap. Leave it every day. And Elijah, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain this year except at my word. In chapter 18, verse 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah again in the third year, say, go present yourself to him. I will send rain on the earth. And so they could quote that for us in James chapter 5, that Elijah was a man of life, passion, verse 16. That he prayed that he would not rain, and he prayed that he would rain. Why? His friend told me. Do you know some prayers, if you pray it on the understanding that God will do it, it's easier than the one that we are always begging him, not sure whether we do it or not. It's the sweetest before you start praying. Because today, by the special grace of God, I probably, you know, we just share a little bit of that with you. As many as will be staying behind to pray, we, we, I'm trusting the Lord. I've pleaded with him that we shall enter into a new realm of relationship with him. Uh, occasionally I enjoy that. I need to be honest with you. It's getting more frequent. I don't just sit down and pray. He dictates prayer points to me. And that makes a world of difference. Because he says in First John chapter 5, verse 14, he says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hear, now this is the confidence that we have in it, that if we ask anything according to his will, what does he do? He hears us. Rather than ask and not be sure, how sweet it is. You are going for that interview. The Lord said, go back. He said, why? I'm not giving you that job. Ah, I hope you can obey promptly and uh, that one can be hard. You prepared, suited up. And as you are parking the car park or whatever it means, God, the Holy Spirit said, turn back. Usually you will say, get thee behind me. A man I had in Jesus' house, London, been looking for a job for years. I'm talking of 10, 15 years ago, very long time ago. And eventually got a job, about 45 grand, 25,000 pounds. That's quite some good money. It's still good money now. But even 10 years ago, it's very good money. You agree with me? It's something. Uh, I know you are very high flyers here. Your highs are very high. They are totally unexcited about that. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> he said, it's not six figures yet. I like that. I like that. I, I don't like people. But for my level, it's good money. 
So it was that this guy eventually got the job after many years. And he heard clearly from God that he should not answer them yet. And they were pressing. You've been there before. Answer us, answer us. Most of the ones that say answer us are the ones that you are not sure of, isn't it? Not sure about this pay. Another application is outside. I don't want to get myself involved. Anyway, so the brother listened, and eventually God said he should not take that job. And he did not. He went to his pastor. And God give pastors strong hearts as well. So the pastor said, if the Lord says so, don't worry. To cut the long story short, he told them, and they were really aghast, you know, because it's more difficult. The longer you are off work, the more it is. So if that was a break, you should have grabbed it. You could expect what God did. Took him another six months, but he added 20000 to that money, another job. Now, what is that telling me? That if we will experience the power of God, we must be prepared to be obedient, and we must be prepared to hear him. When we start praying today, I'm asking, please, God will help us to move to that level of hearing him. He says clearly, by this we shall decide, um, um, uh, what did he say? Oh, there's one that says, as many as believe it, to then give it part to be source of God. There's another one that says that, um, as many as are led, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So that is the sine qua non of a child of God. That is what proves that you are a child of God. Are you led by his Spirit? Are you led by his Spirit? Let me just mention one or two things, and then we pray one or two prayers, and I'm sure our lives will never remain the same. So the first type of relationship where you will see the power of God coming to your life is what? Father-son. That is, you know, the first category is that you should have a right relationship. Isn't it? All right. And then we mention three under that. Number two, that relationship must also be a robust relationship. That is getting rarer in our world. Robust means strong and healthy. Not fickle or wavering. Many relationships with Jesus are very fickle. That's why we have to pray that prayer halfway, turn back. Instead of halfway, go forward. Adversity has taken hold of too many people's life. Our relationships are too fickle. They are too fickle. If God delays answering by just a few days, is God no longer existing? You can imagine a marital relationship. As soon as there's a bad time, either party start looking out and start thinking that the marriage is not working. Economic bad time. Or even issues that have got to do with character. That's a fickle relationship. Relationship with God should be like a marriage relationship. For better, for... That's it. God did not promise in the for better, for worse. And anyway... The purpose of him be making it like that is so that he can test whether you are truly with him. Because in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, he mentioned it unto Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, he mentioned it to the children of Israel. That all they were going through is to test where their heart is. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. 
to know what was in your heart, whether you will keep his commandment or not. You went through hardship so that God can test you. He's still testing today. He tested John the Baptist so hard that the guy was incarcerated. The guy, no sin at all. I mean, he was perfect as best as we can say. I mean, it's only Jesus that was no sin. But I mean, did nothing was recorded against him. The fathers, we had issues about them, their errors. Peter, we had their errors. Paul, this man, was born anointed from inside. He didn't get converted. He didn't get born again. He was born a prophet. He received Holy Ghost baptism when he was in the womb. Because the Bible said when Jesus entered in the mother's womb, John the Baptist did what? He lived. If they were speaking in tongues at that time, he probably was speaking in tongues from inside. And yet, what happened to him? He was tested so hard. Brethren, every test is what will bring promotion. If you don't get tested, it's unlikely you'll be promoted. So our relationship with the Lord must be robust. Must not be, oh Lord, why, 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 why? And many times we don't blame God. Most of the time we don't we can't blame God directly. We blame people around us. We blame our prayer partner. We blame Christians. We blame everybody. We just lash around. But today strength will return. Strength will return. And we shall no longer be fickle in the name of Jesus. Because of our time, I moved to the last one. So it must be a right relationship. It must be a robust relationship. And this third one, I spent less time on it, but it's also a very, very good one. It must be a reverential relationship. And now, that reverential relationship is not just the way you are thinking about it, to reverence God. But God must respect and honor you too. When a person gets to the point in which honor between God and man is both ways, you know you have arrived. When a person stands up and God makes sure that you are here, that I'm honoring you, that is the best you can go. And God does honor people. He honored the likes of Joshua, the one I mentioned unto you. God, God just said, look, Joshua, my hand is upon you. Anywhere you go, I will honor you. In fact, when Stephen died, Jesus honored him. The Bible said, he, when they were stoning him, he saw Jesus doing what? Standing at the right hand of God. That was the only time Jesus stood at the right hand of God. When he resurrected and went to heaven, the Bible said, he sat at the right hand of power. May God honor you. Amen. Not honor you necessarily through me, but personally honor you. And it takes us first doing what? Honoring him. He says that I will honor those who... And I will despise those who despise me. How do we honor God? Start with little things. When you come to his house, comport yourself in a way as if you are seeing God physically. I know it could be hard for us, but we can learn to do it. One of our pastors used to take serious exception to it. Uh, I didn't feel that way, but maybe it's right. How can you be in God's house and be chewing gum? I mean, that's his own. That's the way he honors God. And he he, he just, you know, extrapolates that sincerely between you and I. Will you do that if you have been called, even just to the prime minister's office, not even first minister, don't even talk of the queen. And you just enter. 
Hello, your majesty. It's not going to work. And so, honor starts from little things. Yes, honor the Lord with your first fruit. Honor the Lord with this. But honor starts what? With what? With little things. I try to pride myself. That's my own way of honoring God. If I have three notes in my wallet, thank God, all the ten naira, sorry, all the ten <laughs> pounds, all the ten pound notes, now they are still crisp, isn't it? We have all 20 pound notes, isn't it? I make sure it's the cleanest one I give to God. There are not usually many there, so it doesn't take me long to fish out the. But you that you have very bulky wallets like that, still take the time. Look, look, look. And pick out the cleanest. Is God that is spending? Is it God that is spending it? No. What are you doing? Honoring God. Get the best. That's why I say honor the Lord with your first fruit. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Don't use his name in vain. Reverential relationship. Why people are using the name of the Lord as an expletive? Please tell them you take exception to it. At least I know somebody that has gotten away with that, at least in two places. Got away with it in London, got away with it here in Aberdeen. That's my wife. You just swear with the name of Jesus, we call it either boss or contemporary or colleague. I said, please don't use the name of the Lord. I said, swear, it's my Lord. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I said, licky, licky, Sarah, please don't, don't use the name of the Lord. That's honor. And maybe because where I grew up, most of the time, you just can't throw my father's name. And if they want to insult you, they insult your father. Don't let them insult your father. Amen. Honor him, he will honor you. Honor is around the corner for you. And you will step into it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So what are we to so what are we to take from all this? Number one, seek God and not his power. As I'm closing. Seek God and what? We are not here today to seek the power. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Jeremiah 9 23, please. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. That's the academician they're talking about. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Those are the possibly captains of industry, those that with power. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Those are just those that are wealthy, physically or materially wealthy. Verse 24, please. But let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. What shall be your pride? I know God. What shall be the thing that will make you proud? I understand the will of God. That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness. At the same time, judgment. And at the same time, righteousness in the earth. Meaning that I know God that because I've served him this many years, I'm aware that his judgment will not allow me to die without stepping into my promise. And possibly, if you are the part of the Old Testament that they say they did enter their promise, the Bible said they saw the promise afar. They may not touch it. Do you understand God that much? That's what he says. Let that be your pride. And that pride is what will keep you so that you don't get halfway and turn back. He said, I've come this far. Never run with a half-empty cup. Your cup is half full. 
let those who will, who will ever in their life have something to be proud about. That's why people are talking to you. Don't you know who I am? And what you mean by don't you know who I am is that I'm the financial director. Thank God for that. But who I am is that I know God. Don't you know who I am? I'm the chief, um, senior, most high engineer. Thank God for that. But that's not who you are. Huh? That's not who you are. Who you are is that the person who knows God. Glory in that one. Hallelujah. So that's what we begin to seek. Is that okay? Number two, not only that you don't seek power, but seek God, that you will also make sure that in seeking power, or sorry, in seeking God, you seek him in a way that you cannot, how do I, how do I reframe that now? That in seeking God, you seek him in a way that you will not come to a point in which you say you've known enough of him. That's where I'm going. Don't stop seeking him. Some people, they've known God. Finish. Yeah, you know where I was going. They're too familiar. They know God. And that's why, please, I encourage people, be careful with your dropping it every time. I don't know. We, we such a generation, it, it hurts me. As if it's not the same gospel that many believe before us. Every little thing, we are abandoning God. If you give me the opportunity, I will preach this every day for the next six weeks. But I'm sure God will not allow me to do that. It's that bad. You know, we, 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 and it, it seems as if this God is not worth more than little things we are looking for. And I've told people before, if your main reason of believing Jesus is because of this material thing, you are in the wrong place. You can get it quicker. Believe you me, I shouldn't say this, but let me say it. If I were not a Christian, I would have been very dubious. And I would have been very rich a long time. But compare that to eternal life. I choose eternal life. It's not difficult to be dubious. You can be caught. And you are caught, you keep lying as they caught you. But thank God, all that is gone now. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, don't know God to the extent you are too familiar. Are you ready to pray now? Please rise up with me. We'll pray from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Our time is gone. We've got a fairly long day for those that will be staying behind. Use verse 17, message version for me. We will read through first, and then you will pick your prayer points from there. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? God bless you. You got the message version? Shall we read together? One, two, go, please. God of our master, Jesus Christ. In knowing him personally. Verse 18, please. We're going to verse 19 also. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to, to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for Christians. Hallelujah. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us 
who trust him, endless energy, boundless strength. That's where we are going. Hallelujah. If you can shrink that into just one and place it on the screen, that would be wonderful, 70 to 19. And then we can have it there. If you have your Bible, you can open onto it, and then we go, well done. But I do more than think. I ask the God of our master. Can you see it? Is it legend for all? Good. I ask the God of glory to make you. So I ask, Lord, make me intelligent and discerning in knowing you personally. Not corporately, personally. What else? That my eyes shall be focused and clear so that I can see exactly what it is you are calling me to do. To grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life. Wow. He has for me as a child of God. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us or in me. Who trust him, giving me endless energy and what? And that shall be our portion. That shall be our portion. May the Lord draw us close unto himself. Sometimes adversity is to draw us close. To say that I've got something better for you. He said, after you have suffered a little while, he said, God will then, you know, strengthen you. We're going to pray. And you're going to turn that into your prayer. I hope that we will, in a usual manner, when we pray corporate prayer, we pray it as a a confessional prayer. And then I leave you to pray for a short while. And I pray God will be formed in us. Christ will be formed in us. Hallelujah. 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 So if you just repeat after me, then you will turn that to your prayer. In the name of Jesus, I ask that God, our master, that the God of our master, the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of glory, we make me intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. My eyes focused and clear so that I can see exactly what it is is calling me to do so that I can grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has called of Christians. Uh, he has for Christians. All the utter extravagance of his work in me who trust him, filled with endless energy and boundless strength. Take it in your own way for a few minutes. Be expressive about it. Just turn it into your own prayer. Just look at it. It's right there on the screen. We read it together so that you can just be kick-started into it. And I'm trusting God that strength and power will reside and settle upon each and every one of us. Lord, cause my eyes to be focused and clear. Make me to see exactly what you have called me into, O God. That I may grasp the immensity of this glorious way that we, Christian, you have been called into. It's a glorious way. Lord, give me the ability, Lord, to grasp it fully. 
to go beyond the physical and to dwell in the realm of the spirit. The joy, the knowledge, the confidence, the assurance that, that in spite of pain and, and, and delays that you are with me. Oh Lord, grant unto me that intelligence and discernment to know you personally and to walk with you right through unto the end of my life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Oh, I wish we could have more time to pray that. But we need to move on to the second and final prayer point. Joshua chapter 4, verse 14. You can put that in the New King James Version. It says, On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. And they feared him as they have feared Moses all the days of his life. You know, that fear, you can turn into reverential fear, honor. It's not dreadful fear. I pray the Lord will exalt you. Amen. He will exalt you within your family. Amen. He will exalt you within your community. Amen. He will exalt you even in the church in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So that you may be honored. Amen. You will be respected. Amen. Even amongst some believers, they may disagree with you, but they will have a degree of respect for you. A degree of respect for me. They may even persecute me, but they will know that that man is not ordinary. That woman is special. And so I will pray that prayer for you as you receive. And I pray that you will come back and testify very soon. Amen. That God is at work in us. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I hereby ask that you, that you raise Joshua in the old covenant... How much more in the new covenant? Lift each and every one of these, your children, up in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let every form of heaviness of heart be done away with, but Lord, let a new confidence rise up in each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. From now on, you will command respect in the name of the Lord. Nobody will look down upon you anymore. Nobody will trap you on that feet anymore. Because God himself will exalt you. He will honor you. And the grace to honor him, receive right now in the name of the Lord. When next I hear from you, I will hear your testimony. The men and women from far and near, they are seeking to honor you, to bless you, to release goodness unto you. And Christ alone shall be glorified. Lord, above all today, may we know you more intimately. May the knowledge of you so fill this local assembly that people from far and near, they will come and drink out of this well in the name of the Lord Jesus. In your locality from now on, people will be knocking on your door. Take us to your God. Take us to your God. Show us the way. Why are you so happy? Why are you so joyous? What is your secret? And we shall point them unto you, Lord. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do a quick work in us. Take us beyond of just religiosity into the realm of spirituality. Make us a strong people. Bear in the name of the Lord with confidence and boldness. Make us that, Lord. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. You have promised that through the prophet David and King David that I've been young 
and now my hold. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is it begging bread. Lord, we rest all our worries today. We put all our worries to sleep today. Because your word is true. We shall not lack bread. We shall not be forsaken. But more importantly, Lord, we shall believe it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every liar of the liar be removed from our hearts. Make us strong. Make us strong. Raise an army in this room, Lord, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you can find 100 people here, too much for you to turn this city around. Firebrand, God-seeking, resolute, robust relationship. Unfearing, reverential in their relationship with you. We can turn this city around. Start something new here today. As we look up unto you, Lord. And I pray very soon, each and every one of these your children shall be a reference point of God's goodness. And we shall be a reference point of God's mercy and of God's power. So shall it be in the name of the Lord. Go forth in the name of the Lord. That's why I speak in the same power that is in you. Every form of affliction in this room, every form of sickness, Bow right now. I say bow right now to the name of the Lord Jesus. And let's be talking to your people to know that you are at work here. Let testimony abound next week. As I step aside, Holy Spirit step in. Do your mighty work. And let this testimony be tools in our hand to let the world know that God is in his church. And his name is being exalted. What shall we say but to say thank you, Father? We give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. God bless you. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.